Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome to the Eric Erickson Show podcast. Hour three. Hello, America. It's Eric Erickson here. Glad to have you with me. The phone number, if you want to be on the show, 877 877- Nine seven three seven four two five. I wish to discuss with you a topic that I guess it's technically becoming political. It's not really political. People sure are freaked out about it. Artificial intelligence, AI. You know, they're coming out with a uh, artificial intelligence generated Bible now. Very interesting. Uh, I asked it to redo Genesis 1 the other day, the, the chat AI or whatever it's called, and it was just very interesting how it how it chose to do it. Um, we, we got issues with AI. But what, what I find really notable about the artificial intelligence stuff is how scared people are of it. So to begin, there are various types of AI. The one that has all the ra- that gets all the rage these days is called large language model AI, LLM AI, large language model. And essentially it takes all of the information on the internet to run algorithms or run through algorithms so it can determine word dependency. So, for example, the word to, T-O, not T-O-O and not T-W-O, to. The odds that the word to precedes the word the or the is actually very high. It is also very likely that the word preceding the word to is going to be a verb of some kind. It will be a verb or it will be a pronoun. Going to the. Making it to. There's a very good algorithmic pattern there. And it really depends on what you ask the algorithm. So uh, algorithm, write me. In fact, you know what? Let's do this in real time because I have the capacity to do this with OpenAI. That's the big one everybody uses. So write me a five-line poem about going to the market. In bustling market stalls, a lively affair, a tapestry of scents fills the vibrant air, whispers of spices and colors galore, exploring each aisle I yearn to explore amidst the treasures, a shopping delight to share. All it did was take the large language model, AI, 
It knows I want a five-line poem about going to the market, and so it can extrapolate based on Wikipedia and others what the market is, what the market's like. It can pull from poems about markets, poems about experiences, poems about exploration. It can pull all that stuff together, synthesize it through the algorithm, and put these words together and give me a five-line poem about going to the market. It can only do what I asked it to do. Now, there are other AI models for video and for audio that can take samples. Like, for example, some musicians have now found themselves singing songs they didn't sing. Uh, they can digitally realter, synthesize their language, their words, their sounds, put them together to make new stuff. That is problematic. You're getting a phone call from the president, and it's not really the president. It's it's a computer that sounds like the president. Can it fool people? Can it make sense? Can you ask it questions and get responses? These are the, the what-if scenarios. There are some issues there. There are concerns, but there's also upsides as well. Now, they there are claims that, for example, artificial intelligence can now be used to put people out of work. So, for example, some photographers have concerns that you can artificially uh, create you with AI uh, photographs. So, for example, a clothing company can use AI to not have to pay a photographer to put models who are digitally synthesized but look real into clothing that is not real either but looks like the stuff the company sells and suddenly the photographer and the models are out of jobs except the AI isn't quite that good. It may be good for cheap stuff but not for quality stuff. So let me step back for a minute. Um, One of the things that I like about Instagram more than any other social media outlet is the Instagram algorithm is so good at selling me stuff. It's what I hate and love about it. And there are clothing brands and cooking brands that I love that I discovered on Instagram and they were selling me ads with stuff. You know what I get the ads most about on Instagram right now? Golf golf apparel, golf products, and and there are some great, um, great, great products that I've seen uh, that I'm being sold. I'm I'm scrolling now through Instagram. Look, there's a Wolfen Shepherd. Looks like some comfortable shoes. I've been in the market for comfortable shoes, and they're selling me some handmade comfortable shoes. Up, Holderness and Born, golf apparel. I'm wearing one of their shirts right now. Clearly, it gets it. But I found these small products, and and that's a genius use of the algorithm. I found everybody likes to be individualistic. Everybody likes to be individual. Everybody likes to wear their own things. You don't want the mass market, mass produced product. Everybody wants to be individual. It's one of the weird things about the wokes these days is they're so individualistic, and yet they wear the same navel piercings and the same flannel shirts and and the same uh, lack of shaved legs, and they all look the same. But everybody wants to be unique. You find great small product, whether it's made in or or I, I, I used a giant cleaver last night that was handmade by artisans in rural Virginia. Did it to chop up the po'boy meat that I was making. I love it. it. It's useful. And AI will be able to connect us in ways we haven't been connected before. 
But there's this mass hysteria now at the governmental level that AI is going to start wars. One of those comes from a supposed scenario that allegedly happened where the military was using AI to war game and the AI turned on its creators and sought to blow up the creators in the scenario. Now, it wasn't real, wasn't live fire. It was a simulated exercise. And the report is that the AI was being used to target the enemy and the AI targeted the people who were using it to blow them up. We don't know yet. Was AI targeting them to try to stop the war? Was it targeting them because it determined they were enemies? They're still working through the algorithm. What I will say is this. I go back to the G.K. Chesterton quote. G.K. Chesterton was a Catholic philosopher. So much of what he wrote stands the test of time. And one of G.K. Chesterton's great quotes is that the danger of being an atheist is not that you will believe nothing, but that you will believe anything. And I don't think it's a coincidence that in the grand Venn diagram of people scared to death by this stuff, you put the atheists, the people who believe the robot overlords are going to enslave humanity, and the people who believe that AI is going to take us over and kill us all and we're all going to be extinct, it's a single circle. It's a single circle. The people who believe AI is going to destroy the world tend to be people who are not grounded in anything. They're scared of the technology. But all AI can do is do what we ourselves have put into it, and that's the fundamental misunderstanding of the technology. Artificial intelligence is artificial. It is created by us. It's not going to surpass us. There's this grand fantasy that somehow we can develop computers that outthink us. We can develop computers that think faster than us, but they're not going to be able to outthink us because they're going to think with the input we put into them. They're not going to take on a life of their own. They may have characteristics where you think they are. You know, there was this Google engineer who lost a job. He claimed the AI had become sentient. And when you dug into it, a lot of people are like, oh, my gosh, it happened. The singularity is here. The AI is thinking for itself, and Google's covering it up. And no, what it actually was is this dude was super enamored with AI and was so enamored with it, he was duped by its clues. The AI had feelings. Well, it had feelings because it was asked about feelings, and so it extrapolated material to describe feelings. That's all it was. It wasn't real. But people get fooled by this stuff. People get scared by this stuff. There are, there are bad uses for AI. It can use the algorithm, depending on what the AI is, to synthesize new viruses, to come up with new, new ways of killing us. But it's doing so with the input of a person behind the machine. The AI will only be so good or so bad as the person. You put it in the hands of the Chinese who created the Wuhan virus that we now call COVID. Now you're not allowed to call it the Wuhan virus, even though it was. The Chinese could do bad stuff with AI. With efficient, speedy computers, a bad person can do something with AI. It becomes easier for them. It becomes easy for the AI to do coding for you because with AI, 
It can figure out the way computer code works. And so you can tell the AI, build me a computer program that does X, Y, or Z. And the artificial intelligence can build you a computer program that does these things because it knows the way code works. It knows what your outputs are. It knows what your inputs are. So it can build it for you. So it'll make life easier for coders. But then it could also read the DNA cues and produce something to kill DNA. It all depends on the person on the other side of the computer, not the artificial intelligence. People are scared of artificial intelligence as a proxy to being scared of other people, and they don't want to admit that they're scared of other people, so they want to be scared of the computer. The computer and the AI, they're just tools for the people on the other side, good or bad. And the sooner you understand that, the sooner you can understand this is not something by which we should have rank hysteria over the rise of artificial intelligence. This is something that should remind you that inherently we're all sinners and there's going to be somebody who tries to do something bad with it. And the regulation should not be about constraints on the AI, but the constraints on the people using the AI. All governments are going to regulate this stuff. The question is, do they do it to stifle innovation or do they do it to actually stop the bad actors? We're going to have to watch this as it shapes up. But all I will tell you is don't be scared of the AI. Be scared of the madmen who might be trying to use it for nefarious purposes. And for those, well, I don't know that we can get rid of them. Vision Computer has over 3,000 five-star Google reviews and an average phone answer time of just 15 seconds. When you call, you won't be stuck navigating endless automated menus. A live person's going to answer the phone and help you solve your problems. You know, I run a business and it's one reason I love the idea that Vision Computer exists because as a business owner, you know, you've got to be efficient. You got to have tech support issues resolved quickly and you got to have your computers work. Don't let your employees suffer in silence either. They may be embarrassed or hesitant to ask for help, but with Vision Support, they can get assistance they need to work more efficiently. Reach out to them. Call 404-COMPUTE or go to visioncomputers.com. In fact, if you call them at 404-COMPUTE, ask for the Eric Erickson special when you call. They're not going to have it on their website. It's just for you guys listening. Call 404-COMPUTE today. Ask for the Eric Erickson special. Be amazed at Vision Computer. Hello, America. It's Eric Erickson here uh, this fine Juneteenth. I hope you're doing well. The phone number 877-973-7425. Let me go to Griffin on the phone about AI. Welcome to the show. Griffin, how are you? Hey, I'm doing just fine, Eric. Thanks for having me. Sure. Hey, look, um, I was, while I was on hold, I was trying to find it. I ran across an article about a, about a couple months ago uh, where Elon Musk and a couple other billionaires were signing a petition to the government to hold off the advancement of AI so it don't go past, I think it was GBT4 or 8, one yeah. of those numbers. Yep. So they want, to hold it, they want them to hold it off for at least six to eight months so that they can make sure that it's controllable. Mm-hmm. You know, and doesn't and, and that it doesn't pose a security threat to the government. So I want to say that. And my other thing is, I love it. I love it. 
You know, I, I, I love it. It take, it makes web browsing far easier. I can just answer the question and then give me a straight up answer. It yes. does the searching for me. It does. It Not does only that, um, if, if you're, if you're a certain person who's probably listening right now and wish to write poetry for your wife to impress her, you don't actually have to put any thought into it. You just say, type a poem for my wife and give it to her as your own. <laughs> exactly. I may exactly. or may not have done that. I I, I I admit nothing, but it works. It works great. I, I and yes, you're right. Like I can go to I can go to OpenAI and I can say explain something to me and it does a pretty good job of explaining it. The question is, is it actually accurate? I will tell you this though, Griffin. So my kids school, uh two kids in school got punished for using OpenAI to write essays for them. And the teacher knew immediately that the boys had used OpenAI without even investigating it because they were the two slackers who never turned stuff in on time. They turned it in on time. It had perfect grammar and used words that neither boy had ever used. And she's like, this is OpenAI. <laughs> <laughs> they fessed wow, up to it. Wow, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah, she said, yeah, she said never, she's had this kid for three years, and never has the kid used therefore or herewith ever in <laughs> his essays used both words. <laughs> so, yes, you, you got to have clever teachers. To listen, I appreciate the phone call. Yeah, seriously, she was telling this funny story. She's like, Neither boy has ever turned an essay assignment in on time ever in their entire history of being in high school. And they both turned them in on time. They were formatted perfectly. They had perfect grammar. And they used big words neither boy had ever used. She knew immediately that it had to be open AI. And one of them she actually ran through. There's a program you can use. And she ran it through. And it confirmed immediately that the one kid he used, she didn't even check on the other one. He fessed. It's like, come on, boys, at least say, write my five-page essay, make a few punctuation errors, and add some bad grammar on page three. <laughs> Be a little more detailed in your asks, fellas. Come on. All right. Now, I need to ask you, are you concerned about the stock market and inflation, and, and you're thinking of using precious metals as part of your portfolio to ease the ebbs and flows? If so... Advantage Gold might be for you, 800-450-2566. That's their phone number. They are TrustLink's number one highest rated gold company, seven years in a row. If you are at all interested in using gold and silver for your general investment portfolio, for your IRA, for your 401k, Advantage Gold can help you, 800-450-2566. Advantage Gold wants to educate you without gimmicks on how to use precious metals, particularly if you're using them for retirement. I didn't know this at first, that the IRS regulates how you store precious metals. You can't just leave them in your jewelry box or somewhere. you got to have them in a safety deposit box without commingling of funds for other purposes. And, and Advantage Gold can explain the rules to you. They can even give you the free gold IRA investment kit. All you have to do is call them, 800-450-2566. That's 800-450-2566. If you're at all interested in using precious metals for your retirement portfolio or your general portfolio, give them a call, 800-450-2566. Tell Advantage Gold you're calling because I said so, so I get the credit for your phone call. But they're good people without a lot of gimmicks, really no gimmicks. Their gimmick is they play it straight, give you the information, and hope you'll do business with them. Have you ever wished you could become an even more effective conservative advocate? Like, uh, who could you rely on to give you 
the knowledge and information you need to make more persuasive arguments, how to knock on doors, how to show up at your local city council, or to meet your state legislator to advocate for small government. Americans for Prosperity can help you. They train you to be a better conservative activist, to grow the movement and fight for small government around the country from the local level to the federal level. And they put points on the board. Over 200 legislative victories in the past year alone advocating for smaller government and reduced regulation. Americans for Prosperity wants you on their team. You can join them at americansforprosperity.org slash Eric. americansforprosperity.org slash E-R-I-C-K. They've got over 30 chapters around the country in states. They're growing new ones all the time. Be a part of a movement for small government with americansforprosperity.org slash Eric. Go check them out today. Hello, welcome across the fruited plain. It is Eric Erickson here with you. My show, the phone number 877-973-7425. Should you wish to be on this here program, I am delighted to have you. Now, before we move on to anything else, uh, I want to round out the AI phone calls here. Um, Jose is calling. Uh, Welcome to the show. How are you? I'm doing fine, doing fine. So... So yeah, basically, I'm a software developer. I use um, I used to use Google all the time for research and trying to figure out code fragments and things like that. But lately, I've been using ChatGPT, even ChatGPT4, and um, it thinks kind of like I do. Sometimes I think that hey, you know, this code should work this way. I would ask it, it come back with the answer, and then I say, well, actually, that's not. I would tell it, actually, that's not quite wrong. That's quite wrong. It um, you know this syntax is incorrect, and then it'll come back with oh, sorry. Try this. Like, well, that doesn't look right either. Well, okay, try this. And then so it's, 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 it's kind of like having a coding buddy that you can kind of, you know, hash out issues. But it's, it's got a long ways to go. It could barely, you know, generate code to be useful. But it's better than Google. It's a little you know, bit better than Google. It, so that's it, my experience with so, it. So, okay, it, it's funny you say this because I was listening to a tech podcast the other day of some folks who had been at Apple's uh, WWDC and they were talking about trying to build some code uh, for their Swift uh, Apple Swift coding platform and trying to get on Google. And, and one of the guys said something very similar, that he tried to use ChatGPT, but uh, Apple's uh, code database is not as proficient as, for example, C++, C++, and some of the others. And it wasn't useful for him. He can see the potential for it being useful, but was actually kind of stuck by how dumb it was. Uh, and like he knew more than ChatGPT, but uh, on other coding platforms, it was actually way more proficient. That that's interesting. That heard that in the podcast, and here you are calling, saying basically the same thing. Yeah, sometimes it does things that we call hallucinations, which is we'll you know we'll tell it well uh, what can you um, you know how would I solve this problem? And I give it some parameters. I want to do something in a cloud. I want to use the CloudWatch. I want to do you know this with a VM. Blah blah blah, and it'll come up with stuff. And it kind of makes it up on a fly, and you look at it, it sounds right, but then you do the research, and you're like, nah, that's not going to really work. But So it thinks like a human being, but it also gets things wrong like a human being. Oh, that is interesting. That's really interesting. Hey, you know, I've also heard that because it's just pulling all the information off the Internet and processing it, that if it's pulled information off the Internet that's, that's wrong, then it's going to get wrong. And somebody, mm-hmm. oh, what was it? I think it was a, somebody asked it to write like 10 pages on Shakespeare, 
and it got basic facts wrong, but the professor who's an expert knew where it must have pulled the information because certain websites have that information wrong. I, I just that that was it was really interesting to me. People are really scared of this stuff, and I wonder how much it is just because they don't understand it. Yeah, I, I don't understand Elon Musk's email and things like that. They must be talking about something that we haven't seen yet. Yeah, but I'm not scared of AI. And as a software developer, I should be the one that's most concerned because everybody talks about that it can yeah. generate code. It can't. I mean, it can kind of generate code. It's kind of make me a little bit more productive. But uh, you know, creating writing code is still an art. It's mm-hmm. very much an art. You know, there is no right answer. It's it's a, it's you know, you kind of get close to it. It kind of just helps you get close to perfection on code, but it doesn't get you there from the first rank. It needs a human being to kind of go through that thought process. All right, Jose, I'm, I'm going to nerd out with you for just a minute. So what, what sort of code do you t- tend to specialize in? Um, I do infrastructure as code, which is like code that you use in Amazon Web Services or Azure to build up VMs and networks and clusters of computers and things like that. So basically what my code, what my code does is build up the data center that may have, you know, 10, 15 machines all talking to each other with the messaging and so on. So that kind of code, it's actually Ansible is what I use, and it's quite, it's an open source code, and uh, ChatGPT knows quite a bit, a lot, you know, a lot about of it, and it's kind of hard to memorize all the syntax, so it's great at saying, okay, what is the Jinja format that I would do this with, and it would tell me. Oh, that's really interesting. That That's, okay, so, so now i got to ask you, because my 14-year-old, keeps thinking he wants to get into coding. I'm all about it. I mean, he wants to be an architect or a coder or a stand-up comic. I'm like, you know, two of the three could pay bills when I'm old and and need you. Where would you, somebody who's in high school right now or headed into high school, what would you recommend they do if they're interested in getting into coding? So I, actually, my son is doing the same thing. He's a gamer like your son. And what I'm, what I've, he's going to be a senior in high school. And what we're going to do is I got him signed up at the local community college mm-hmm. to take their actual programming 101 freshman first semester. Is there's a they, It's normally a computer programming class, but they've targeted towards gaming. So they'll do programming using the Unity engine. Oh. And um, I told them, if that's what you want to do, let's figure this out before you go to college. So the idea is, is that he'll do it his senior first semester, senior year, and then my experience is if you're a software developer, you'll either like jump all over it and we'll be like coding all night um, or you'll like hate it and leave it. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, before we invest in the first year of college, let's just make sure this is what you really want to do. And that's what we're going to, we'll see how it goes. Oh, that's great. If I, I hadn't even thought about that. I, yeah, I may have to do that. It, it's because he dabbles with stuff and I, he doesn't really have any great resources. He's tried to figure out Unity and, and a few right. things. It, and, it's, it's really hard to figure this out on your own. Yeah. You really need to have the, uh, you need to be in a classroom with an instructor and community college, at least mine. I mean, I, I haven't even gotten a tuition bill. I think it's free now. I wow. mean, community colleges, and I, I live in a very liberal county. Mm-hmm. So it's, um, they basically provide free tuition um, at, the, at the local community college. Okay, now my last question for you, and I don't mean to keep you and and, and to, to grill you today, but uh, no. I, I notice your area code is is Maryland. Are you in Maryland? Yes. Wow, I got a Maryland. Okay, so you got to be listening online. Yeah, I okay. do. I listen. Uh, I was a big Rush fan, and I've had a uh, hard time finding a replacement, but I, I found you. Well, gosh, I've been listening to you ever since that—that's so kind. Yeah, I've, so I've done the circuit. I've gone through <laughs> Bongino. I've gone through all the others, and everybody is just yelling and don't make you think. One thing I love about Rush is that he would make you think. 
and you're the only talk show host that don't parrot the party line, but makes you think. Man, well, listen, that is so kind. I got to tell you this. So the reason I asked this question is because the note from from Michael Schroeder, who's got a very great detector, is he's calling from Maryland. This might be a prank. <laughs> <laughs> We we used to have this guy who would call from Idaho, and he would get like a minute in, and then he'd start trying to drop profanity, and, and we could cut him off. So it no, was like, no. we don't have stations in Idaho, but he was clearly listening. So that tripped the wire, yeah, but I, I had to third, ask. This is probably a third conversation. This is probably a third conversation. I've called him before. <laughs> now, now Philip, who does all the digital, has texted me, we need to pay this guy for endorsements. So thank you very much. I appreciate it. This, is, this has been great and also helpful because I can't tell you, my kids, like an architect, that'd be great, but coding just seems like man you're you're never going to be out of a job in the future if you know how to code yeah so. i've been doing it i've been doing it for 40 years and wow. i wasn't the smartest i graduated with a 2.7 gpa um so i wasn't the smartest i was it took me the longest to get the, the job but i love it i have a passion for it i started my own company doing software development and um and even now you know 40 years into it i don't want to go into management i you know basically i was on the computer until I called you and I listened, you know, while I code, you can listen to, you can listen to you while you're still coding. Well, listen, I appreciate, you know, my wife actually has a degree in computer programming and I have to be the tech supporter in our house. She hates computers. I don't know why she did it, but she did. And I'm like, uh, I, yeah. I got through basic and Pascal and I was like, I think I'm done. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, I started at 15. I started developing at oh, 15 wow. back when we had the TI 99 slash 4. Oh man. Gosh. So that was a long time ago. Gosh. Well, listen, I, I appreciate the phone call. I really do. Thank you. That That's so helpful. That's not a bad idea. Look, at we've got some great tech schools in my area, too. My, my Listen, I, I'll just – my oldest wants to be an engineer. She She's a brilliant artist, and I, I don't say that like dad proud. She actually is so much so that I thought she might have cheated, and she didn't. She she can freeform these, this beautiful art. Uh, on an iPad with a stylus, and but she wants to be an engineer. My mother is an artist and asked my daughter, who's now 17, what are you going to do with your art talent? My kid, if you ask her what she wants to do and her sales pitch is, I want to make the bombs we drop on China. That That's what she wants to do for a living. And my mom says, what are you going to do with your art degree? She says, I'm going to paint beautiful middle fingers on the bombs. <laughs> and my son, like he wants to be an architect. So he likes modern architecture. And, but he's also really into gaming. And, and Jose and I were talking about the uh, the what a Unity engine. It's an it's a programming platform in which you can make games. And he's just really frustrated. He's gotten some online tutorials, and he really would like to do that. And I'm just thinking, man, you code coding and architecture. They're kind of the same. They're not, but they are. You're building software. You're building a building. And he wants to build. He don't want to do residential architecture. He wants to build buildings. Uh, or build code, and I just I'm fascinated with it. When I was a kid, grew up in Dubai, and my we we had to take computer programming. We did uh, what was it? Logos, yeah, logo computer programming, whatever it was, um, where you move the little turtle on the screen, and I loved it. It was so much fun, and then you could draw it, and make paintings and stuff. And then when I got into sixth grade, we started basic programming. I can still do basic computer basic programming. 10 print hello, 20 go to 10. I, I can do that in my head still at a 20 say beep or whatever. But nonetheless, I think skills like that would be so useful as opposed to like, when is the last time? Seriously, people, not to go off on a tangent here. Jose, this is your fault. When is the last time 
any of you balanced a chemical equation or figured out a uh, quadratic equation? When is the last time any of you were confronted with x squared plus 23 over 3,287 equals y? When is the last time you used algebra? I've got all this stuff in my head, and I don't use it. The only time I have to use it is when my kids are messed up in, in school. Like, Pythagoras, I got you. I don't know why I still have you, Pythagoras, but you're stuck in my head. Meanwhile, I can't remember remember the four-digit pin code for my golf course because I got quadratic formulas stuck in my head from high school that I don't use anymore. I'm sure someone will come up with a way to explain to me how useful all of these things still are. But for me, I would really just like to not have to pull out my phone to look up the four-digit pin to get into my golf course all the time. <laughs> but I can remember basic basic programming. Now, let me just let me save myself and get out of here and, and, and tell you about the Eden Pure Thunderstorm. You can get three of them for less than $200. Now, listen, not making this up, I, I was at a resort with my family over Memorial Day that week, and the hotel was using the Eden Pure Thunderstorms in the cottages we were in, and the reason is because there were fireplaces in the cottages, and the Eden Pure Thunderstorm can wipe out smoke odors. So if people had used the cottages during the cool of the winter and the spring and the, the cottages smelled a little smoky, the Eden Pure wiped out those musty and smoke odors. It can wipe out pet odors, litter box odors, cooking odors, you name it. It's EdenPureDeals.com is the website, EdenPureDeals.com. The discount code is ERIC. You get three of them for less than three or $200, and you get free shipping. You get one for upstairs, downstairs, your basement, your RV. Like I do, I travel with one. I keep one in my suitcase. In fact, when we went to the resort, I had one just in case, but I didn't need to use it because they already used them there. I was kind of I thought they were punking me at first, but they really do use them. EdenPureDeals.com. The discount code is ERIC, E-R-I-C-K. Get three of them for less than $200. Wipe out the bad odors in your house. Hello, America. Hello, Connecticut. The phone number, well, it's too late. You can't call it today, but for posterity's sake, 877-973-7425. Now, I, I gotta I, I want to spend a few moments here on I, we've been spending a lot on international news today, and, and frankly, there's not a lot of news today. There's I was expecting like big breaking news or the stuff over the weekend, the news to come out of the Sunday shows. There's really not. But there is a story in Bloomberg, and I've been hearing about this from some friends, one of whom uh, is married to a girl from South Africa, and he has uh, regularly gone now to South Africa. They, they spent a lot of time there, and he was telling me just what a horrible situation it is. Uh, Johannesburg is the richest city in Africa, and it is on the verge of collapse, as is the entire nation of South Africa. They don't have regular power. The power goes out throughout the country. Uh, they don't have great law and order. It's, it is a failing state. This is from Bloomberg News. Uh, Solomon always fingers work quickly as he speaks over the hum of his sewing machine. That's because the hum of his sewing machine might stop at any moment. In a few minutes, the power will go out, he said. The 51-year-old runs a tailoring business from his garage in Johannesburg. Outages leave him idle for up to 10 hours a day. Surrounded by piles of colorful material, he needs to work while he can. 
It's a rush that South Africans have begrudgingly become accustomed to as they're forced to use more and more ingenuity to navigate daily life. Charge devices, take a shower before the hot water goes out, leave the house before the traffic lights go out. Schools, hospitals, restaurants, and businesses rely on backup generators to keep running. Homeless people guide vehicles through potholed streets for cash. The continent's richest city was built on gold, but now it's defined by chaos, crime, and corruption more than ever. It encapsulates the wider collapse of basic services across South Africa, from a broken railway network disrupting trade to archaic sanitation that triggered a cholera outbreak near the capital of Pretoria. Parts of the country look like a failing state. At the heart of the dysfunction is Johannesburg, is a governing crisis. Since the country's governing national party, the African National Congress, lost control of the city in 2016, unstable coalitions— have resulted in six mayors in four years. The current leader is a member of a party that holds 1% of the municipality's 270 seats. Services and maintenance are gone. The state-owned power utility has a fleet of coal-fired plants that are so old and poorly maintained, they shut down regularly. The whole of this country is on verge of collapse. It used to be an incredible place. This has nothing to do with the end of apartheid and the rise of black governance in South Africa, as a lot of people wish you to believe, who have agendas. It has nothing to do with that. But it does have to do with the people in power over the last several decades refusing to recognize that basic infrastructure matters more than anything else. It doesn't do a lot of good to reunify the country racially when everybody's power is going out. It provides people people to blame. And the South African government is now making kissy face with China. It has allowed the Chinese a foothold into the country. They've begun selling arms to the Russians They're slowly turning this decrepit, collapsing state into a rogue regime. Somebody's going to have to clean this place up. And for all of us who don't want a forever war and we don't want to be going around the world telling people what to do, my goodness gracious, uh, at some point, uh, somebody's going to have to intervene to help get the lights back on in South Africa. And frankly, it would probably go a long way towards us stabilizing Southern Africa if we got engaged with South Africa and figured out a way forward to help them. Uh, They are a country flirting with despots, and they would be useful allies uh, given their exports, particularly their weaponry exports, to have on our side. Uh, But I don't know that anybody at the White House is paying attention to a situation like this. People in Washington have got to start thinking outside the box when it comes to dealing with China. We have got to figure out a way to contain China because they want to spread out globally, and this administration seems more willing to bend over backwards to help them do it than to stop them. We need some aggressive Ronald Reagan-esque foreign policy, which we're not going to get from a lot of people, including, frankly, the man some of you want, who talked a lot about China, but China continued to grow and expand while he was president of the United States. He wasn't able to stop or contain them. That doesn't mean nobody can. It just means we got to find somebody who can think differently about how to do it and build a global coalition that people respect as opposed to the last guy or the current guy who can't speak without sounding like a moron. 
maybe we really don't need 80-year-olds to be president of the United States anymore. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.